Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Thank you for coming to worshiping the Lord in this house today together. And I believe that you will go home with something in your life. You will not go back empty hand. God is going to speak to you and do something in your life. Amen. How many people expect something from the Lord after you worship Him? He's going to give you something to go home with and you will go and multiply and be the blessing to many people. I want to change the gear a little bit of my preaching I've been preaching about rejoice always for many Sundays. I will come back again. Don't worry. I'll come back. But I will change the direction a little bit by the leading of the Holy Spirit. The Lord spoke to me after last Sunday that I need to teach this message today. Okay, so we're going to talk about the life of service. The life of service. My job as a pastor is to equip you and train you for the work of the ministry. It's not just to baby you and tickle your ears and make you happy and kind of come and fill up the room. No, my job is not to fill up the room. My job is to train you and teach you to be a mature Christian, to be used of God. So today we're going to talk about one ministry that you may be able to involve, and I hope you can get involved. Let's look at the first scripture, Matthew chapter 22, verse 14. For many are called, but few are chosen. Let's pray. Father, I believe, Lord, today it will not be man speaking to man, but it will be the Holy Spirit speaking to the heart of your people, Lord. And your revelation, your light, your truth shall shine into their heart. And there will not be just hearers of the word, but there will be doers of your word because they love you. You say in the Bible, Lord, whoever loves you shall obey your command. So take your word seriously. And we want to be a house built on the rock. We don't want to be the house that built on the sand. Because when we hear the word and practice the word, we shall be like a house built on the rock. And no matter what comes against us, we shall not fall. We shall not be destroyed. We shall stand until the last day. We are doers of your word, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Many are called. Christians, every Christian, all the believers in the world are called to be saved and not only that, to become more like Jesus and also called to serve Him. Once we come to know God, we are His servant. When the Bible says, worship the Lord, the word worship is not just singing song, lifting our hand, but worship includes live a life of service toward the Lord. Every Christian should serve God in certain way by using their gift. But few are chosen. What does it mean? Many are called, 
All Christians are called to serve, including me. But few are chosen. Ephesians chapter 4, talking about chosen vessel here, the gift from Jesus Christ. Ephesians 4, 11 to 14 say, And he himself, mean Jesus himself, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carry about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. A few were chosen to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But all Christians are called to serve the Lord. We call these five Gifts of five kind of servants in the house of God, five-fold ministry gifts. These people are anointed and gifted to train you, to equip you, to help you to grow up spiritually, to become more and more like Christ, to help you to understand how to walk by faith, and to come into the unity or the knowledge, when we say knowledge, I'm not talking about hate knowledge. Oh, I can memorize Hebrew and Greek. No, 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 no. Knowledge means you know Jesus personally. Yesterday, I met a young man in my house, and I told this young man that since I have been in the fire of God, the Holy Spirit make me supernaturally, spiritually know my Lord Jesus. It's not just a hate knowledge by reading the Bible. Come to the knowledge to know our Lord. The most important thing in our life is to have the relationship with God. And that relationship comes from knowing the Lord personally. Just like I know Pasada personally. I know exactly what she likes, what she doesn't like. I know how to please her. I know what's going to make her not happy. Happy wife, happy life. So I need to know my wife. Or husband need to know your wife, okay? Because happy wife, happy life. We need to know God because happy God, happy life as well. Even greater than the wife because he will bless you. Amen? So some people in the body of Christ are serving in the capacity of leadership. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teachers. But many, many people are serving in other areas. And one of the areas that we talk about here, we call helps. Helps ministry. And every one of us can get involved in the help ministry. We can serve, we can help to build the body of Jesus Christ. Some of us may serve in a full-time capacity, taking salary from the church. Some of us may be serving as a volunteer. You are a truck driver, teacher, doctor, whatever. But at the same time, you give your time to serve the Lord without pay, to serve. Everyone to serve, whether you get paid or not pay, you all serve the Lord. And in the past 30-something years, the Lord spoke to me, don't take salary from this church, 
because I want to be example to the body here that I serve not because I take salary, but because I love the Lord Jesus Christ. I serve Him all the time, all day long, and just want to be a servant of the Lord, whether I get money or not. It doesn't matter because it's about the calling. It's about serving Jesus Christ. Amen. So we all should serve the Lord. We all should find our calling and our gifts. The help ministry is a supernatural ministry. It's anointed by the Holy Spirit. This is not just about taking the garbage can to the dump garbage out there. No, no, no. It's spiritual and supernatural anointed ministry. Anointed by the Holy Spirit. The Lord appointed you and anointed you to do some function in the body of Christ. Maybe in a different ways, but we all sum up in one word, helps. H-E-L-P-S. Which means there are many aspects of helps in the body of Christ. So look at the Bible here. The gift of helps is recorded in the Bible with other gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. And God has appointed this in the church. First, apostles. Second, prophets. Third, teachers. And after that, miracles. How many people want to have the gift of miracles? I want to have a gift of miracles. That would be fun. Okay. Then, gifts of healing. How many people want to have a gift of healing? Oh, I want to have a gift of healing too. It's good. But next one, helps. A lot of people put the hand out. I don't want to put the garbage back into the garbage dumpster out there. I don't want to help. I just want to be laying on a hand. Hallelujah. Healed. I want to perform miracle. But to pick up the chair, to greet people at the front door, to direct the traffic in the church. No, not for me. I'm a healer. I'm not going to help anybody. Administration. Varieties of tongues. You can see that helps with S. That gift is also in this, all the list of the Holy Spirit manifestation or the gifts of God. The ministry of helps can be full-time worker, such as church manager or bookkeeper in the church, or can be part-time or can be volunteering job that people volunteer to serve the Lord. I give you example of the gift of helps in the church. Worship team, gifts of help, help us to lead us into the presence of God. Archers, sound man, the computer, PowerPoint team, video team, children program team, Youth program team. One of the sisters in this church had been serving me in the Ministry of Help for many years in the area of editing my writing sermon. I write sermon in English, so I sent to this sister, and she read and correct my English because I was not born with the English language, so I may make some mistake in my language. So she helped me to edit the lesson. How many people want to get involved with that? It would be nice huh, to have more people edit my lesson in English. When I write lesson, I email that person and that person will 
write on the paper so I can learn. When I read, I can learn. Oh, this one is wrong. So I need to change this time. Next time, I need to change the way I write English. So there's so many things people can do. Greeters or people who clean up or the kitchen team. Any things that support or help the ministry to make the ministry keep running and running and running to build the kingdom of God, and they serve in a different ministry. You need to understand the truth in the Bible. Promotion comes from God. Some of us may be called to be in the help ministry for the rest of our life. We serve, but God can promote us. From here to here to here, what is the key to receive promotion from God? The key is faithfulness. Faithfulness. Very rare in the body of Christ that somebody gets saved, born again, and the next day become a pastor of a big church. No such kind of thing. People start from nothing, starting from sweeping the floor. Serving in the ministry of helps, and as the time goes by, God give more anointing and promotion. I give example for my own life. When I first got saved, my ministry of help is to help my American missionary to translate their teaching. They could not speak Thai. Their teaching into Thai in every class. I will translate for them, and many people got saved. Then I help to drive the van to pick up people to go to the leper. Village to preach the gospel. I help to carry the stuff, put the stuff away. I help clean up the church. For many years, I was not a preacher. I was not a pastor for many years. I just served in the ministry of helps, and then the Lord reward me and give me more gifts to become a preacher and teacher and a pastor. But the key is, I have been faithful. This morning. During the worship, I raised my hand and prayed to God. God, this year, year 2019, I want to have more anointing. I want to have great anointing, like what you gave to Elisha, like you give to Paul. I want to have great anointing to shake the world for you. And I say like this to God: God, you know I have been faithful all these years for 38 years. I never miss church. Anything I can do for you, I have been very faithful. And I want to claim your promise. I have been faithful. You should give me more this year, so I can do more for you, to impact this world, this generation for you. The promotion come from him. You remember uh, the evangelist Stephen started by serving the table. In the Acts chapter six, he was not become an evangelist overnight. He just served the table for a few years, and God promoted him. Look at Joshua. Joshua carried the luggage or the briefcase of Moses for many years, for forty years, and eventually God promoted him to be the head of the army of Israel. He to be the leader. Galatians chapter one verse ten, the Bible say, "For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men." I would not be a born servant of Christ. How many people want to call yourself a born servant of Christ? I want to be a born servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. But this is the key: we should not be concerned about what other people think about us. 
We are not here to please any man. We serve the Lord to please Him, and we should find out from Him what gifts I have and what you call me to do. Without being manipulated and pushed by people, if you notice in our church, I don't come to you and say, "Can you do this for us?" No, I want you to tell me what you are called to do. Then I will get you involved. I don't believe in pushing people around that you try to please your pastor. Some people think this way: "Oh, you know, I'm a great man. I'm going to be on the pulpit next year. I need to teach." If you don't let me teach, I'm not happy. That is not right. God wants to see your faithfulness first. I see this a lot in my mother home country, that people come to church and they demand to come in the pulpit, to be the, on the microphone, try to show off that I know the Bible, I can teach, I can preach. No, 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 no. Just carry the chair first. Serving people. I want to see your faithfulness. You cannot just come in and grab the microphone. I'm sorry. I need to look at your character more than your head knowledge. Amen. You need to be faithful first, and you try to please God, not try to manipulate any man to do anything. Some people think that to carry the chair, to cook in the kitchen, to wash dishes are a lowly job. No, they are not lowly jobs. They are very important in the eyes of God. Every gift, every ministry is important in the eyes of God. You need to prove to God, prove yourself to God. I am faithful, and then promotion will come. Stay faithful in doing what you're called to do right now. Psalm chapter seventy-five, verses six to seven say, "For exaltation comes neither." From the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. Who gives you promotion? Your pastor? No. Who gives you promotion? God. If you're faithful, God cannot work in the heart of your pastor to promote you. In our church, we cannot follow the Bible. We are not playing politics around here. I remember one time, a man walked into our church. He is a Bible school teacher. He is maybe 20 years older than me at that time. This is 20 years ago. He walked in and he sit like this, and he quote all the Greek and Hebrew, and he never pick up even one plate. Never help us to clean anything. He never helped me to carry any chair. Just sit, and he talked to me, pastor. You need to let me preach in this church, because I'm a Bible school teacher. I look at him and say, "I don't know you. I don't care you preach in the Bible school. I not, don't know your life. I cannot let you go on the pulpit." And he left. So he was not there to serve and to love people. He just was there to grab the microphone, and that is not the right spirit to me. You are in the church to love people. If people need the chair. You carry the chair and them to sit down. You help some people. You are not there just to get the microphone. Amen. So we have to understand God's principle. The ministry of help is a very specific spiritual ministry, 
is not just about doing something in the natural. God anoints you to do that ministry in the body of Christ, so that the body can grow, the body can progress, the body can be strong and healthy. So God called everybody to be in, involved in the ministry, to serve the Lord. I hope that after I preach today, many of you will say, "Hey, Pastor, what can I do to serve in the church?" To help in the church is a valid spiritual biblical ministry. Everything that we do to help the body of Christ is the valid ministry. In Ephesians chapter four, verses eleven to twelve, a while ago, Jesus ascended to heaven and then he sent the gift into the world, and that gift, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teachers, have the calling in their life. This morning. Actually, last night, I got a message from another country in Asia. Pastor, can you come to my country to do crusade? And I say that I reply back in that Facebook. I say church Facebook. I say God doesn't call me to go there yet. God has a calling for me, so I need to follow the calling. Moses has a calling to take the Jews out. Of Egypt, Joshua has a calling to take the children of Israel into the Promised Land. Elijah has a calling to be a prophet. Elisha has a calling to be prophet. Paul has a calling to be prophet, and also teachers and apostles. And each man and each woman of God that God called to do things have a specific vision to do, have a clear vision. I have a vision. I have a clear direction, directive from heaven. I need to follow that directive, and then the rest of the church in New Hope. Your job is to support and help me to fulfill the vision of God that God put into my heart. Definitely, you can have a vision for something that God called you, and we can work together and help each other to fulfill the great commission. But at the same time, in the local church, you still need to support your pastor, who has the calling of God in his life. Amen. Is it true? We support you for your calling, and you support the pastor in the church. Ephesians chapter four verse sixteen say, "From whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share." Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Let me ask you this question: What happens if your liver one day say, "I'm going to stop working"? What can happen to you? Do you know the function of liver? How many people don't know function of liver? Liver has a job to produce by the chemical to digest your fat, and not only that, the liver has a job to Kill and destroy the junk in your body, the toxin in your body. That's why if you take too much Tylenol, you can die because the liver can be damaged. It try to destroy Tylenol. You don't want to take Tylenol more than four thousand milligrams a day or four gram a day because you will die. So the liver has function, lungs have functions, nose has function, eyes have functions, and the Bible compare all of us as a part of the body. So to be a Christian 
who don't function in the church. It's like a part of the body who say, "I'm sorry, I can enjoy the food that you eat." Mouth, you keep working, eating. Tongues, you keep chewing, and you keep swallowing throat. Lungs, you keep working, but for me, I cannot do nothing and enjoy the blessing without helping the body. No, every part of the body has a function. Or multiple functions. Kidney have multiple functions. Lungs have function. Heart have functions. We all are called to be in the body. That's why, in my biblical understanding, every believer should serve the Lord, should find the gifts, should find the calling, and serve. No if and or but. If you don't serve, you are not following. What the master say in the Bible, you should find your place, your position, your calling, your anointing, what God called you to do in the local body and also in the universal body. Look at what Paul say in First Corinthians twelve four to twenty eight. I know I read a lot of Bible to show you that again and again God talk about every believer should find a gift. The position, the place, and function. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. And there are diversity of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation, actually, I like this word more than gifts because the word gift means somebody gives you a gift and you can do whatever you want with it. Actually, during Christmas, somebody gave me. Alexa. The first time in my life I have Alexa. I saw people have Alexa, so somebody give me the gift. I plug it in. My son-in-law tune it up, and now I can say Alexa. <laughs> Famous Christian song. Come up, Alexa. What time is it? Okay. So, or I can put that Alexa in the box and do nothing about it. I can do both. So it's like a gift you can use or you can put in a box. But the word manifestation of the spirit is different. The manifestation of the spirit like this: spirit of God is in you, and He wants to use your mouth, your eyes, your hand, your voice, your body, your legs, everything, and He wants to manifest Himself through you. Right now, I'm preaching. He is manifesting Himself in the gift of teaching through my body. That teaching gift is not mine. I cannot say I can do whatever I want. No, I need to yield to the Holy Spirit and let Him manifest Himself in the area of teaching through me. Everyone say through me. Everyone say manifestation of the Spirit. That's why the more Spirit you have, the more yielding you are. The better for you to have the manifestation of the Spirit of God through you is given to each one for the profit of all. Every one of you, if you are the born again believer, you have at least one manifestation. The manifestation of the Spirit is for the profit of the whole church, not for you. That's why I don't believe that I should use my pastoral gift to make money for myself. It's totally wrong. I use my gift. For the church, for to bless the church, amen. Not to profit myself. For to one is given the word of wisdom, 
We can go through this later on. What each gift, what it means to the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirit, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things. They all come from the Holy Spirit, distributing to each one. Point to yourself, I'm that one too. Distribute to each one individually as He wills. You cannot force God what gift you have. You can ask, you can be faithful and surrender, but He is the one who determines what gift you have. For as the body is one, but has many members. But all the members, everyone say, I'm a member of the body of Christ. Of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we are baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks or Chinese or Indonesian or Japanese or Cambodian or Iranian or Hong Kong, whatever, whether slave or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many, many, many members. You are part of the manys. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members. He set you. He appoints you. Each one of them in the body, just as He pleased. I believe that. God is the one who sent you to become the member of this church. I will never manipulate anybody to join this church. He is the one who calls you to join this house. He set it, the part of the body of this body. And if there were all one member, where would the body be? But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, "I have no need of you." Turn to the person next to you. I need you. I need you. Okay. No, again, the head to the feet. I have no need of you. We need each other. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on this we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts, presentable part like me, on the pulpit. In front of the camera, I'm the presentable part. Have no need of more honor from God, but God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. God give honor to be to people behind a computer, who work in the children program, and you don't even know who they are behind the scene. There should be no schism in the body, no fighting, no jealousy, no discrimination in the body. But that the members should have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, 
all the members rejoiced with it. Now you are the body of Christ. You are part of the body of Christ. Members individually, and God has appointed this in the church. First apostles, second prophets, and on and on. In conclusion, every believer is a part of the body of Christ. You are part of the body, and you can get involved in your calling and function of that part of the body. My nose has a function. My ears has the function. My hair has the function. Every part of my body is working for the whole body, so that the body will be healthy, will be effective and productive and strong. We work together in the whole body. Therefore, it's so important that you understand that you have a particular calling in your life in the body of Christ, and you need to find that out, and you need to function accordingly for the benefit of the whole church. God gives you gifts, and one of the gifts is the ministry of helps. That you need. To find out what God called you to do, we all have different gifts, different callings. We should honor each other. We should appreciate one another. We should not put anybody down. Everyone is important in the body of Christ. God put us in the different sector of the society. Some of us are doctors. Some of us are nurses. Some of us are businessmen or salesmen. Whatever, God put. All this part of the body into the different segment of the body of in the in the world. You work together as a church, but you go out to shine the light of God to the people in the world. Save people, come into the church, get them saved, help people to come to know Jesus Christ. We are all parts of the body to preach the gospel and to build the kingdom of God together. It doesn't matter what occupations you have. You are part of the body, and you should. Be involved in preaching the gospel, saving people in the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. I do my best to be good example in the hospital, to be a good Christian doctor, that people will honor my Jesus to the patient as well. If you are the hairstylist, while you're cutting hair, you can say, "Jesus loved me. Jesus blessed me." I think these two job is so good: doctor job and the hairstylist job. Because as a doctor job, when I perform surgery, the patient cannot run away from me. They have to listen to me. They have to lie there. If I perform carpal tunnel release, they're there and they can sing song to God, and they have to listen to me. Hairstylists too. They don't want to run away in the middle of the cutting. So you can preach the gospel during the cutting the hair. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope that you will serve the Lord. And you will be faithful in the ministry, and you can help something in the church. We're going to look at the biblical example together. Look at the biblical example. The ministry of help has been there since the Old Testament, and we're going to look in the New Testament as well. Look at Exodus chapter four, verse ten together. Moses said to the Lord, "O Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant." I am slow of speech and tongue. You can notice that Moses was called to be the head, to be the leader 
of millions of children of Israel. But he said, I'm not a good speaker. I'm not eloquent. So somebody has to help me. Who is in the ministry of help to help Moses? Look at Exodus chapter 4, 14 to 16. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, What about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and his heart will be glad when he sees you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if he were your mouth, and as if you were God to him. So Aaron was in the ministry of helps helping Moses to speak to the people. Amen? I'm so glad that I have a lot of helps here in the English language to help me. Sometimes I have questions, I call you. Actually, this morning, I don't have the answer yet. Maybe somebody can help me. This morning, I asked an American couple. I said that in America, is it impolite to do like this? Or I have to always button my coat here. I don't know. Because, huh? Oh, really? Can be both? I don't know American culture. All the American culture. So I need to learn from Americans. You are my help. You teach me. You show me. Sometimes I walk down. Pastor Lau, you say it wrong. That word you should say this way in the American accent. You say, oh, really? I'm sorry. So somebody help me in language. Amen? The same thing Aaron helped Moses. Exodus chapter 17, 8 to 13. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out fight Amalek with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hand became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. And Aaron and Ur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. You can see here, Moses was called to be leader. He has a job to do. And he needs ministry of helps. Joshua helps him to go out to fight with the children of Israel. He did his part, fighting. Two men, Aaron and Ur, also in the ministry of help, helped to put the stone, to lift up the arms. They realized that when Moses got tired, the whole group will be defeated. But when Moses has power, lift the arm up, the whole group would win the battle. You can see the connection. If your pastor is sick and tired and discouraged, the whole church will be affected. But when you lift his arm up, help him to run the race, 
to finish the course, we can win the battle together, and all the rewards will belong to every one of us, not just me, because we all working as a team. I give you example, like people lift up my arm. Last night, the camera team called me. I say, could you please call me after you finish your work? And this person called me, Pastor. What do you want? I need to explain to you. I just put in the new program in my MacBook called RX7 that we can get rid of all the sound. You can hear the sound there, like that, and that is in my voice in the background of this teaching. So that RX7 will get rid of that sound to make the product of our teaching perfect for God. I'm a perfectionist man, and I say to the camera person that. From now on, when you give me the voice from the video, please make sure that we have an empty area that I don't speak, so I can use that to do getting rid of the background sound. So they lift up my arm to help me. Yesterday, I spent time with Brian Lash for two hours at his house, train me how to use RX7, so that when I go to Thailand, I can use my Mac. To edit my sermon and produce the best quality voice for the body of Christ. You see, we need each other. I'm not expert in sound. We need sound man to help me. We lift each other hands up, and we're gonna win the battle together. Exodus chapter 17 verse 12. And Moses' hand became heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him and sat on it. And Aaron and Ur supported. His hand. Everyone says, "Supported my leader's hand." And one on one side, and the other on the other side. And his hand was steady until the going down of the sun. Let us serve God together, and we're going to see the victory together. Each of us will do our part to see the ministry fruitful and productive. Actually, the word. The Bible says his hands were steady, were steady. The word "steady" in the Hebrew language was translated 27 times in other scripture in the Old Testament as the word "faithful." Steady means faithful. When you serve God, you need to be steady. Keep going. You are faithful. In the calling of God that you have in your life, don't quit. Don't walk away. Just keep going. Every Sunday you show up. Every care group you show up, or care group leader also is a ministry of help. People who pour the communion tray also ministry of help. All these people help the ministry. It's absolutely necessary for the church to properly function when God's people are. Faithful and steady in their ministry, in their work. Amen. Ministry of helps is the supernatural ministry, and we need faithfulness to get the job done. Exodus chapter twenty-eight, verses two to three, and you shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother for glory and for beauty. So you shall speak to all who are gifted artisans. Whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate, that he may minister to me as priest. 
Exodus chapter 31 verses 1 to 6. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Ur, and of the tribe of Judah, and have filled him. How many people want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I like that. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. With the Spirit of God, in wisdom and in understanding, in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. God can anoint you so good in computer. Anoint you so good in the area of songs and music. In the area of high technology. I thank God that God sent three men into our church. I want to mention their name. Brendan, Son, and Joshua. These three men, I'm not good at computer at all. I can call them even 11 p.m. Last week, Joshua came to my house at 11 p.m. to fix my computer. Because I said, Joshua, if the computer is like this, I cannot work. I need the computer to work now. He f- came there, he spent an hour to fix my computer and everything fixed. Everything. I was sitting there looking. How can you do this? How can you? I don't know how to do this, but you know, who anointed him to do that? God. It's the anointing of the Lord upon him to give him wisdom to be able to do the high-tech thing. So I can depend on three men in this church. God can anoint men and women to be skillful in gold and silver and car mechanics and construction, painting, anything. He can anoint you to do the work, to fulfill the vision that God has given to the leaders. Amen? The ministry of help is so essential for the proper working of the body of Christ. Therefore, I want to Taiwei. Thank you so much. This is Taiwei to say thank you. Thank you so much for all of you. I don't know how American way, how today say to do thank you. But in Taiwei, we have this. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for serving the Lord in this house faithfully all these years. Some of you give up your time, your money, your effort. You give up your sleep to help. You work so hard, work so late. Many of you spend your money on the gasoline to work for the church without charge. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now about spiritual gift. Brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. Please find out your gift what God calls you to do in the house of God. Don't waste your time anymore sitting around in the church. Pull up your sleeve. Serve. Find your gifts. Find your calling and do the work in the body of Christ. Now, I'm going to look in, if you don't mind, I try to finish the lesson. I'm going to look in the New Testament, the ministry of help. Mark chapter 6. Verses 33 to 42. Why don't I do this? To save my time. I will not read the whole thing. You remember the story I just read a while ago about Jesus fed 5,000 people? Is that right? And somebody have five loaves and two fish. Jesus lift up 
the five loaves and two fish, give thanks, bless them, and multiply them. Jesus asked the disciple, the twelve disciple and other disciple, to put people into groups, ten, twenty, fifty. And not only that, this disciple went out to distribute the food. Were the twelve disciple functioning as ministry of help before they become apostles and be a big kahuna in the local church? Yes. They served Jesus. They distributed food, helped to arrange. They are like actually they were working as an usher, basically. They were actually before Jesus left up to heaven. So the twelve apostles were working as ministry of helps. In Matthew chapter ten verses five to eight, these twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, "Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel." And as you go, preach, saying, "The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give." So Jesus could not preach everywhere. What did he do? He used all the dis- disciples, sent them out to do the work. I could not be in every care group. So all the care group leader, you open your home to take care of God's sheep. You are in the ministry of helps. You go out on the street preaching the gospel for Jesus on behalf of New Hope International Church. You are in the ministry of helps. You go to mission trip. This time, two young person went to mission trip. They were left already with Pastor Da on Friday night. David Huan and also Tori, they left to Thailand to do the Great Commission. Mission trip. They went out to help Pasada and help me. Jesus was the only one man; he could not be everywhere all the time. So what we do? We give responsibility, and everyone do their part to build the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter eight, verses twenty-three to twenty-six. I try to wrap up very quickly here. Now, when he got into the boat. His disciple followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Can you imagine a man slept during the boat just bump up and down, and just big wind and very noisy, and he was sleeping. What do you think? Jesus must have been tired in the physical body. He preached hours and hours, lay hand on the sick thousand of people, cast out demons. So he need to take some time to sleep. He was so exhausted and tired as a human being, so he was sleeping during the storm. Then his disciple, who helped him to row, the disciple came to him and awoke him and said, "Lord, save us! We are perishing." But he said to them, "Why are you a fearful, O oh, you of little faith?" And then he rose and rebuked the wind and the sea, and there was a great calm. This story teaches something. When you help your pastor, all the detail work, all the work in the church, so that he doesn't have to do ushering, 
directing the car himself, run to the Sunday school, run back and forth. He is a jack of all trades. He has to do everything in the church. He has to do all the administration, everything. He's going to be exhausted, and he's going to be sick because he has no rest. Then who suffer? The whole church suffer. But if you help the pastor to do all the works that he can focus on, praying and the word and making disciple, he can have good rest so that he can have energy. And when you come to him and say, "I am in trouble right now," can you pray for me? I have a big storm in my life. He is awake enough. He is full of faith enough because he is well rested. He can pray for you, and the storm disappear. You see my point here. We need each other to do the job. We all work together. Amen. Look at another one. Mark chapter fourteen, twelve to sixteen. To save time, I want to tell the story. Jesus wanted to have the last Passover with the disciples before he got arrested. And he sent his disciple to look for the room, to talk to the owner of the room. He sent out two of his disciples and said to them, "Go into the city, and a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him. Wherever he goes in, say to the master of the house, 'The teacher say, Where is the great room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large upper room, furnished and prepared.'" They make ready for us. Did Jesus go to look for the room himself? No, he sent two disciples. These two disciples were working in the ministry of helps. They helped Jesus to find the room and arrange the room for him to conduct the Passover meal. You see, even in the time of Jesus, he need the dis. The ministry of help. Last one, Acts chapter six, verses one to six, and I will close. Now, in those days, when the number of the disciples were multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said. It is not desirable that we, mean the apostle, should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation. Everyone say good of reputation, or in other words, honest people. If you want God to use you, you want to live a holy life, honest. Okay. You don't cheat. You don't go around doing bad stuff. Good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit. If you want God to use you, you need to love the presence of the Holy Spirit. You need to be anointed, full of the Spirit. It doesn't have to be only pastor, preacher that full of the Holy Spirit. Every ministry of help worker should be full of the Holy Spirit. To love the fire of God, and wisdom, you need to fear God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Last night I finished writing one lesson around 1 a.m., and I clicked to send to Mary Jo for editing. 
And this morning, she walked into the church. She handed me the lesson. It's done. The editing was done. My job is to produce food to feed you. Keep writing more lesson to feed you, and spend time in prayer. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit. I like the Bible to label you that way. Can I pick some name in here? Stan and a letter. A couple full of faith, and the Holy Spirit. Philip, Prochorus, Daniel, and Empalo, full of the Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Who else? Maria and Eric. Amen. Full of the Spirit. Timon. Parmenas and Nicholas, a parasite from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles when they had prayed, and they laid hands on them. All these disciples in the Jerusalem church were honest, good reputation. Everyone look at them and say, "Wow, good, honest people, godly people, full of faith, full of wisdom, full of the Holy Spirit." They were anointed by God to do the important job of the ministry of helps, distributing food to the widows. And look at the outcome of the apostle did their part, and the ministry of helps did their part. What is the final outcome of everybody get involved in the ministry? Acts chapter six verse seven, last verse I want to read. And then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. The outcome is that the kingdom of God expanded because everyone gets involved in serving the Lord in the local church. I. Dr. Varun Lauha Prasit. It's sold out. I'm sold out to build a local church, like what I shared last Sunday. I don't care. My house is burned down. I rather spend time to build the house of God, and God took care of my house anyway. I want to build the house of God. I have the same attitude as Paul, the Apostle Paul. Everywhere I go. I want to build the churches of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to train disciples. I want to see people become mature to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I want to see people equipped to serve. I produce so many teaching called ministry advice and ministry enrichment in the YouTube and in the CD table. I did not teach here. I make it. I produce it at my studio. That's why you should subscribe New Hope. YouTube channel so that new teaching come out, you can know. Actually, I plan to have Empalo to my studio one of these days to give testimony there. She may not give testimony here, but we're gonna put it in the YouTube. So we want to equip, we want to educate, we want to train people that God put into 
our ministry. We are not the answer of the whole world. I know there are many ministers in the world. We are not the answer of the whole world, but we can do our part to the best to build the kingdom of God. And you can get involved by finding your gifts, your calling, your place. Be faithful, being faithful, serving the Lord, getting getting involved in the church, and don't be just pew warmer. And just be consumer, but you are body builder. You're gonna build the body of Christ in this generation with me and Pastor Da. Amen. Amen. Serve the Lord. Hallelujah, Father. We thank you so much for speaking to all of us today to remind us in early year 2019 that we should really build your house. We are parts of the body of Christ, and you have given us each and every one of us the manifestation of the Spirit, the gifts, the grace, the faith to function in your body, in this body, and in the universal body. Oh Lord, we want to serve you. We are your born servant. We don't want just to be consumer, pew warmer. We want to be like the disciples in the time of Jesus, serving the Master. We want to be like the disciples in the Book of Acts, serving in the local church. O oh Lord, reveal to every one of us in this room what we are called to do. Give us grace. Give us faith. Give us time, money, energy, and give us discipline of life, that we will not waste our life away. Oh Lord, one day we know we will stand before you at the judgment seat of Christ, and you shall expose everything that we do on earth here, and you shall, Lord, say good. And faithful servant, we are your servant, Lord. You don't just call us in the Bible, good and faithful pew warmers, churchgoers, consumer. You call us in the Bible, God's good servant. We want to serve you, Father. So, year 2019, we start a newness of life. We're gonna serve you. Expand our territory. Put your hand on us and bless us indeed, and keep us away from the evil ones, Lord. And we believe you answer our prayer. Expand us, extend our tent, extend our place, Lord, so that we can do more for you, Lord. Make us a new white skin. So that we can do new things for you, we can receive a fresh anointing upon our life, Father. We thank you, Lord, in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Before I let you go, let me read one more scripture. In First Timothy chapter four, verse fourteen, 
One of these days, one of the Sunday, I'm g o i n g to read many scripture to show you what are the purposes of laying on of hand. I will show you all this in the scripture that we are not doing this as a tradition. We are following the Bible, and everything we do, anything we do, we should understand the word, so that we do by faith and we do it out of understanding. Without understanding, it's just a tradition and ritual in the church. I don't want ritual. I want to have a clear understanding of what we're doing, because with understanding we can receive by faith. First Timothy four fourteen, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by the prophecy, by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. So this morning, if you want me to pray for you, my specific purpose of praying for you and lay hand on you is to ask God. To give you the gift, the manifestation of the Spirit. You may have some gift already. God give you higher measure of gift and higher measure of faith. Some of you, God may give you more gift, new gifts by the laying on of hand, like what I shared last Sunday. I went to Portland, Oregon. The evangelist pray for me, lay hand on me, and. I received the gift of faith. It's new to me in that meeting. I did not have that gift before. So God can give you more gift. One time, we invited a great teacher to our church, and I asked him to lay hand on me to get the gift of teaching. And he lay hand. After that time, my teaching was different, more anointed. There is impartation of the gift of God by the laying on of hand. I want to say it's not me. May the hand of Jesus put on you and impart the gift on you. I'm just His vessel. I just represent Him as the shepherd of this flock. But if you need to go, I understand. Amen. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thankful.